0: Many businesses and industries kind of show off what they're coming up with, what's coming down the pipeline by attending various um, trade fairs and events and conferences and so on. In the audio-visual communications space, uh, one of the biggest ones is Infocom, which happens in the United States every year, bouncing between Orlando, Florida and Las Vegas, Nevada. This year it's in Orlando, and as usual, Visix will be there. To talk with me about what Visix will be showing... At Infocom 2023, I'm speaking with Sean Matthews, President and CEO of Physics. Hi, Sean. Thanks for talking to me today. Hey, Derek. Thanks for having me on. And uh, thanks to everybody listening as well. Indeed, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Digital Signage Done Right. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast and you can follow along with a helpful transcript of the conversation Sean and I are about to have on the physics website. Just go to resources and podcasts and there will be helpful links as well. Whether you're using digital signage or not, our podcast gives you practical tips for communications and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. So, Sean, Physics has been going to Infocom for ages, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: We, um, you know, the company's been around for more than 40 years, uh, originally called Tech Electronics. And uh, the company was a manufacturer of audio, video, and control routing devices. And uh, so, you know, we've been selling those technologies or we're selling those technologies to the audiovisual channel 40 years ago. And, uh, of course, we've evolved as a business, and uh, we continue to deliver our digital signage and facility management technologies through the AV channel to this day.
0: I know in the past, Visix has been kind of, uh, I, I think at the forefront of uh, a lot of things that now are commonly spoken about in the digital signage and and uh, AV communications realms, especially with visual communications. Uh, Visix has been talking for a long time about democratizing communications. Now suddenly all this technology exists and all these players are suddenly in the marketplace talking about democratizing uh, communications physics was one of the first ones uh, that i know of that started saying hey look it doesn't just have to be uh, basically a tv uh, a display anything with a screen is potentially a digital sign and now we're starting to see that happen as well so physics has kind of always been um, kind of pushing the asset of that envelope what's going to happen this year Yeah,
1: man. I mean, so we have uh, three really cool things that uh, we're delivering to the market this year. As you noted, we've pioneered a lot of things in the digital signage and visual communication space. You know, we were one of the first to deliver a browser based solution. Uh, Basically, that goes back to 1999, sort of at the end of the dot com era. You know, we were delivering a dot com technology. You know, we pioneered the utilization or the integration of electronic event schedules that would normally be delivered to large form factor displays, quote unquote, digital signs and associating those event schedules or those event calendars down to the individual room. We did not invent the room sign, but we certainly pioneered the utilization of room signs in conjunction with digital signage. And another notable was that, uh, you know, we pioneered the use of common alerting protocol for emergency alerts in conjunction with digital science. So basically wiping the screens clean of normal communications and replacing that them with alert notifications and instructions for what to do in the moment of that alert. So, you know, we, we've pioneered a lot of stuff in this space and uh, we're going to actually deliver our most disruptive thing, Derek. In fact, so disruptive that uh, there are probably fifty competitors who have invested a lot of money in technologies that they're delivering today that we basically will render useless in short order.
0: There you go. that's that's the way you play it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, for us, it, it's quite exciting. This is our first um, patent application for all the things that we've done for all these years. Uh, this is the first thing that was identifiably patentable. That submission has has already occurred. You know no telling how long it takes to actually get a patent, but we did start the filing, which is
0: uh you know, step number one. What's this laser gun you guys have invented?
1: Well I'm gonna save the laser gun for last because if I tell if I if I say it now, you know, it'll it'll just ruin the whole story.
0: Right. You have to listen to the whole episode, folks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that was that was the teaser there at the beginning. But uh you know first and foremost,
1: this is something oddly enough that we did not pioneer at all. In fact, we are the very last guys probably in this space coming to the table with a solution that supports the BrightSign media player. Ah, uh, yes, the purple box. Yes, yes, yes. You, you know, the the little purple box, the BrightSign player has become ubiquitous uh, with the AV channel as an appliance um, that supports HTML5 playback, pretty basic blended playback. But um, it's just a bulletproof device that is an appliance. It's cost effective. And um, you know their approach, very similar to the Roku box, is um, they support all of the content management systems that deliver content to those boxes. They're not really in the CMS business themselves, even though they do have one. Their real offering is a device that connects to any number of the CMSs that are out there. So you know, we're probably the last guy to go out and support you know, this type of technology. And, and quite frankly, it's because we didn't see an overwhelming motivation to go support the, the player um, simply because our client base uh, was much more interested in the sophisticated data mapping tools that we offered through our Windows Media Player and also the um, blended content layers, the opacity layers. Um, those types of visual effects were more important than the, the sort of basic um, HTML5 type playback. So we're, we're the last guys there, but uh, we certainly are doing it because our channel partners are looking for support for this this ubiquitous device. So
0: that's that's offering number one. All right. I mean, that makes absolute sense. You know, it's like might as well just uh, interface with uh, the purple box because uh, because not everybody wants it, but a lot of people do. Yep, yeah, you're spot on. So uh, that, that's offering number one. Number
1: two, uh, we're, we're pretty excited about this one as well. Actually, we're, we're very excited because this is one of our room sign offerings, which is really no longer just a room sign offering. It's sort of a, a space booking offering, right? Meaning it's it can be associated with uh, workstations, uh, uh, hotel offices, hot desk environments. You know, a lot of what's happening in the hybrid work environment today, Um, is driving interest in this um, new technology, which for us is just a modification of an older technology. And that is an electronic paper sign that comes in a a 4.2 inch diagonal viewable screen area. So it's quite small, but it's perfectly designed for hot desk environments or any space where you just need a marker that indicates who might be sitting there. And when they might might use it. You might include a QR tag that's that's tied to a um, space management platform like Agile Quest, for example, which is um an organization that's deep, deep into space utilization, particularly hoteling and hot desking in the new hybrid work environment. You know, about 25% of the US workforce, um, and you know, North America is our main focus, even though we're in in other countries around the world. You know, about 25% of the U.S. workforce can work remotely in some way, shape or form. And so some subset of that is actually working hybrid, or flexible, where they're uh, remote sometime, but in the office, you know, other days. And you hear about a lot of companies pushing a, you know, two day office deal, some companies three days, that kind of thing, versus the, um, you know, all out call for Return to work, and if you follow anything—not to bore you—but about commercial real estate in the United States, um, you know this is an ongoing sort of train wreck because companies, as their leases mature, which commercial leases are very long compared to personal residential leases, you know as these leases mature, these companies are looking at exactly what Vizix did, scaling down their physical space and utilizing that space on a rotational basis so that people can come in um, you know, when they feel like it. And this EPS42 technology, which is an e-ink technology, is really powerful um, for allowing people to see who's occupying a physical space. And uh, these are very cost-effective devices. Um, they're environmentally you know, sustainable because they only consume energy when the imagery changes. So the EPS 42 is something that we are delivering a lot of. And to put this in perspective, Derek, we have sold and delivered more electronic signs in the first quarter of this year than we did in the previous 12 months. So it has enormous velocity right now so we're excited about bringing this other other tool to market
0: it's interesting you know i recently spoke to daniel brown who's the editor of uh, digital signage today and he said he was at uh, not infocom but at a a a different uh, trade show and he said there's kind of an e-paper e-ink sign revolution going on in the digital signage space Uh, Which is interesting, you know, everybody's going, you know, size, 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 you know, how big can they get? And I know that some company just came out with a big, uh, I think it might even be 60 inches across, like a truly massive one. And it's very interesting that Vizix has gone the other way with uh, a smaller one to fit this particular use case, which I think, I mean, I know that Forbes and a bunch of other uh, business uh, watchdogs and commentators I uh, like to make comments that, uh, especially when a CEO of a big company says some kind of nasty thing about remote work or hybrid work, That, oh, yes, this is is a failed experiment. But I don't think it is a failed experiment. I I just don't think it is. I think this is going to be a a defining part of the work landscape for the next several decades, for sure. So it's interesting that physics has decided this is how we're going to go, is we're going to go with this small sort of hot desking idea to sort of get in on that trend that I think is going to become the new normal.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, you know the guys that make these claims that you know everybody's going to return to work, that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, there is a sort of commitment to the past and the way things you know have "quote unquote" always been done. But you know, remote work has been around for quite some time. Companies like JetBlue, basically, they had their entire call center for booking reservations and tickets where people all across the country who would just check in on their, on the phone system, you know, in, in that era, people would be dialing one 800 jet or whatever it was. And, you know, it was going to these remote, I'm not trying to stereotype, let's say housewives, for example. Yeah.
0: Stay, stay at home parents.
1: Yes. And, they, and they're, you know, there with their kids or whatever, and the kid's taking a nap and they're able to log in and put in an hour's worth of work as a as a you know ticket uh, reservations assistant or person, you know, so it's been around a, a long time. I saw a documentary more than ten years ago about IBM, you know, basically shutting down an entire corporate facility and going virtual way before virtual was even a thing. Um, and they were you know evaluating the benefits. And you know the, the the CEOs that make the claim that the impromptu conversation, the camaraderie, all that kind of stuff cannot be done, you know remotely. I think actually what they're really looking at is they have to pay rent no matter what on their current lease. And it's difficult to justify paying rent for an empty property. It's just tough.
0: Yeah. I guess that does make sense. I mean, there is a certain and and, different people have different um, priorities and different ways that they deal with things. I, myself, I like uh, sort of working on my own and and I don't really need to check in with uh, folks that much. Having said that, There are plenty of people out there who this is uh, an important part of the uh, work landscape for them. But I think we're adapting. We're finding ways, you know, people are doing things online. They're doing things through Teams or Slack or or other um, uh, shared work platforms using the web. And hybrid means sometimes you do go into the office. I mean, you could certainly coordinate if you're all working in the same city or a bunch of you are working in the same city. If it's really that important to you know seven of you, you could all arrange ahead of time. Hey, let's all go in on Wednesday, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and let's all go have lunch and catch up and things like that. So I yeah I, I think that that's a it's a bit of a, a false um claim that uh this is a uh, making people depressed and so on. Um, certainly not the introverts. The introverts are about as pleased as punch with all this stuff because they don't have to. They don't have to go through the hassle of interacting with people every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, our conversation that we're having right now, you know, is about, um, you know, sort of space management and space utilization and how that factors in to a company like ours, who's really basically been in the uh, sort of visual messaging business, if you kind of get back to the roots of what digital signage is and, and how that's morphed, right? So- uh, that visual messaging is still a part of those workplace environments because people are going to those spaces and not in in announcements and the delivery of information, whether it's on an intranet portal or tied into Teams or something else like that. You know, th- those are the things that you know people get inundated by. Whereas just walking past the display, sort of the passive audience, um, that's often where a lot of these messages have the most impact. But you know, for us. You know, I talked about this early on. We we pioneered sort of the tie-in between event management from a large display all the way down to a, a room sign, right? And, and the messaging outside the, the room sign. You know, the room sign market's been around for 15 years, Derek. I, at my last count, there's at least 50 companies that have some kind of room sign, whether it be, you know, a true digital sign with, with the um, availability lights on it or an electronic paper sign. But what I was alluding to earlier, Derek, was this technology, this approach uh, that we look to deliver to really completely redefine how organizations and individuals look at space management and space booking, right? And this is again the most disruptive thing that we've done. And you know, currently, you know, Derek, spaces are booked either really one of two ways. One extreme is the room sign itself, so you can walk up and actually interact with the room sign, you know, book the room, um, either with cred- credentials or without credentials. Or at the other extreme, um, there's either, you know, an app that can be downloaded to your personal device, you know, or some sort of web portal that allows you to go in and book a room, right? And the apps seem to be a little more popular, in, in, in particular, in conjunction with the EPS 42, you know, that we talked about earlier, you can scan the QR code through the app, and, you know, then book the room through the app itself. Of course, You have to download the app and all that kind of stuff. So the the technology uh, that we're going to deliver at the show this year, which is, again, our first patentable technology, is something that really, quite frankly, will render uh, the room sign basically useless and pointless, certainly within the next five to seven years. And I'm making that claim today just because I believe wholeheartedly in what we're doing. You know, the problem with a room sign is there's several problems. For example, they're expensive. They require power and network at the door. There's fire code restrictions. It's hardware. It's going to fail. And, you know, it's limited lifespan. They're not always easy to support. And and most importantly, organizations can't def- really afford to have them everywhere that they want them,
0: right? Because they're expensive. And they have to be mounted to the wall and, you know, some the, there's nothing we can do. This particular one gets glare for three hours a day. And, you know, it's kind of hard to see the screen. Like, you know, it's just there's, there's a whole bunch of things that can go wrong with them.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, even with our most cost effective solution, the EPS sign, you know, there are RF transmitters that transmit, you know, changes to the signs. And um, those transmitters are expensive and they have to be placed geographically close, you know, physically close to the signs. And so therefore, you, depending on your type of building, a lot of concrete and walls or steel infrastructure or whatever, right, diminishes the ability of the RF transmitters to reach the endpoint, So you have to add more RF transmitters. So they're expensive. Now, at the other extreme, I mentioned the app. Apps are quite popular with your own personal device. Now, of course, the user has to download it. It's a B2B app. They don't want to download it to their personal device. They've got to find or remember the app name. they got to find it in the app store. Then they have to log in. Then they have to log in again and again every time. The company itself has to manage user accounts. Uh, the apps have to be updated. They have to be maintained. And quite frankly, you know, third parties, Apple and Google, they control the oss, right? So, you know, in the world of commercial use, apps can re- be quite frankly, just a pain to deal with, and users stop using them, right? So what we're going to deliver is a solution that does not require a room sign. It does not require an app. In fact, all it requires is your personal device and access to your camera. And we're going to deliver an augmented reality experience to the user for the purpose of booking a space, not just a room, not just a hot desk, anything that could be bookable, Derek. Like I'm talking about a pool table, a parking space, a seat in the break room, uh, um, some sort of other asset like this. Right.
0: An electronic bike.
1: Yes. Yes. A scooter of some sort. A locker. Yep. So, you know, our excitement is that we're going to completely change the thought process about how you book a space. In fact, a user will just walk up, scan a QR code with their mobile device. Could doesn't even have to be a QR code. It could be um, a near field, an NFC, you know, touch point. It could be anything, right? I mean, any type of communication tool that redirects the device to the user interface, which is associated with a URL, which is basically the calendar for whatever that asset is, And so they'll have this truly augmented reality experience with the user interface
0: just being, you know, overlaid on their mobile device, which is super, super cool. So you need a a mobile device with a camera that works. And obviously you can, I think, I don't think there are any now that don't read QR codes uh, and web access and that's it.
1: That's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, currently they're, um, if you look at the numbers out there, they expect uh, by 2024 to be 1.7 billion um, projected mobile AR users around the world. Uh, you know, AR product experiences are 200% more engaging than non-AR equivalents. I mean, this is the way things are going, you know, from a from an experiential perspective. Then, you know, you can all think about when, you know, during the pandemic, you'd go to a restaurant and they'd, touchless, you know, menus by scanning a QR code, right? And you've got the full experience, you know, right on your mobile device. So we're taking what is basically an ordinary experience and making it something, you know, extraordinary. This this approach is disruptive. It's patentable. It is so easy to use that there's no need for help or any type of, you know, instructions. It's completely innovative and it's software only. There is no hardware to manage just the individual's personal device. So, you know, for us, this is just really a, a super disruptive technology that we're going to deliver to market um here in the next few months. But we're certainly going to show it in June in Orlando.
0: That's very cool. And I think I think that's right. You know, it's uh it kind of brings back something that physics has been saying for a long time, which is that, you know, anything can be a digital sign. Uh, and now anything anything with a screen and web access uh, and a camera can be used to, to book a space, a pool table, or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, you know, again, I'm reminded of something that Daniel Brown said. He said that the digital signage space is no longer a silo. And that we're starting to see like, there's a question of well, what is a digital sign? So even though this is technically a space management and space booking system, uh, it still falls within that kind of purview because the concept of digital signage has expanded so much.
1: Yeah, and I think when you you get down to to what this technology is going to be, you know, used for in the long term, it, it's really tied to facilitating the booking and utilization of space in a very, very efficient way. You know, I've already been hit up with questions about, well, what kind of analytics are we going to produce, blah, blah, blah. We don't even actually have to worry about analytics. What we're worried about is the user experience and the, the simplification of that user experience because this technology is tied to third-party space booking platforms so everything from office 365 to google calendar to all these other platforms like uh you know agile quest those guys can produce tons of analytic data in terms of how often it's used etc we're just super excited about making the booking of a space so user-friendly and simplistic
0: like it just becomes second nature you're saying you're just extending something that we're already doing in our personal lives anyway.
1: Oh, yes, most definitely. And I think anyone who has been responsible for, you know, an institutional app management solution, right? They find it incredibly difficult because it's one thing if you have your employee issued phone or your government issued phone or whatever that may be, right? The the one that's not your personal device you don't really mind having to put some corporate app on it because it's part of your job right you're that and that phone is part of your job but when it comes to you know users personal devices they are much more reticent to put these you know apps on their own device yet IT departments are embracing the whole bring your own device BYOD approach so you know you're at this like odd crossroads and uh we just think that more and more people are going to be bringing their own devices to work. And that, you know, unless it's a government entity, law enforcement, you know, something like that, most organizations aren't going to want to be in the business of getting you a phone in the first place. Just bring your own. Even if they have to, you know, allow you to expense, you know, the phone itself, that's much better than me issuing you a phone and then you quit. And you take the phone with you and I can't get it
0: back. You know, what I mean there's all kinds of things about that go with that. Right, for sure. So what's the name of this uh of this new thing? All right. So
1: the new product uh is called Koros, and uh Koros is a Greek word for dance, but more importantly, the place where people gather for this dance, right? So, you know, for us it's uh it, it's kind of a, a fun little play. You know, and it's quite difficult to to go trademark names, Derek. That you know really state what the product is, right? Like booking or something like that, right? Those names have all been taken, and uh, you, know, you find yourself in lawsuits and you know cease and desist orders, that kind of thing. So, uh, we feel like that this this name works well, and. Uh, you know, we're excited to uh, deliver it.
0: Okay. And is that uh, obviously Greek has its own alphabet uh, rendered into the Latin alphabet? Are you doing it with the CH or with the K?
1: It is a CH. Yeah. Somebody else already owns the K. So uh, we had to go a different
0: run. <laughs> there you go. So that's C H O R O S KOROS. It is the new disruptive technology for booking spaces, desks, meeting rooms, bicycles, uh, anything. I mean, honestly, it could even be company cars. It could be anything at all. It really uh, doesn't really matter. So uh, these are the things that are coming up at Infocom in Orlando, Florida, which happens June 14th through 16th this year. Vizix is at booth 2942. That is 2942. And you can see that they now support the purple box, bright sign. They have an adorable little but very efficient E-paper, E-ink, room sign kind of a thing, I guess, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And Koros, the new space management, space booking system for uh, BYOD and using AR but no app so there you go uh that's uh, perhaps that's the wave of the future we certainly think it just might be
1: most definitely derek i think uh you know we're excited to deliver this uh these technologies to the show and we think uh most people will find them very cool very useful and they'll be very receptive
0: all right so again to make sure to stop by booth 2942 at infocom june 14th through 16th and check out all this great stuff uh, I'd like to thank Sean Matthews, President and CEO of Vizix Incorporated, for talking to me today uh, about what's coming up at Infocom. Thanks, Sean. Uh, sounds exciting. I wish I was going. Thank you, Derek. We look forward to next time you're making the trip. All right. That sounds great. And again, uh, please don't forget that you can follow along with a transcript of the conversation we just had on the Vizix website. Just go to Vizix.com, Resources podcasts and obviously this episode. For more free stuff, head to resourcesonphysics.com for guides, videos and more to help with your visual communications. Please subscribe and share and contact us for information about our digital signage solutions.